with no further ado, would you welcome Pastor Corey to the pulpit this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It was such an honor to be with you guys this morning. I'm excited. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, Pastor Jason, Pastor Leah. I love this house. I love the family that I've made in this house. Love Holland over there, man. A little firecracker. Come on. I don't know what you got in that girl, man. She is anointed. And just in a couple years, man, just watch. They'll get all of Lacanto saved. I believe it. I believe it. Amen. Uh, I have a, a message for you that's really not uh, the Christmas message. Um, I apologize. I wore my Christmas pants, though. Come on, somebody. Um, but. Uh, I, I have a message for you this morning that I believe is going to challenge you. It's going to really bless your heart. I love what Pastor said, holy desperation, because I believe that can be tied into what I'm talking about this morning. Um, but as we were singing that last song, come on, aren't you grateful? Aren't you grateful that Jesus came to the earth? Come on, aren't you grateful for what the prophet Isaiah told us? Come on, that for us a child has been born and the government shall rest on his shoulders. Come on, that's good news. The government will rest on his shoulders. You ain't got to worry about the future. You ain't got to worry about tomorrow. Just hold to the promise that the government will rest on his shoulder. He'll be called Mighty Counselor. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I feel it in this place. You feel it in this place. He'll be called Wonderful. He'll be called a Mighty Counselor, Mighty God. Prince of Peace and Everlasting Father. Aren't you grateful that this is who he is? That the government will rest on his shoulders. We got stirred up last week at Calvary, man, on Sunday. I just got so moved by the Holy Ghost because I was just encouraged that one day the government will rest on his shoulders, that every knee will bow, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on, somebody. He truly is the beginning and the end. He truly is the Alpha and the Omega. He truly is everything that he says he is, everything that he said he will do, he will do it. He is God and he is God Almighty. Come on, somebody. I feel the Lord. I got the anointing of Jason Hanks on me. Come on, somebody. It's just coming out this house. I never say it like that. It's just flowing. But also, I'm encouraged by what Hebrews says in 3.15. It says, when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. This morning, I believe you're going to hear his voice. And the word of the Lord to you is, don't harden your heart. And if you keep reading that passage, it says, like Israel did when they rebelled. This morning, God wants to get a hold of you. But your flesh would love to harden your heart. The enemy would love to let you just not get anything that God has for you this morning. But when you hear his voice, friend, don't harden your heart. I believe God's about to do something really great in this place. And I am so stirred. Hallelujah. Say amen. All right. Well, this morning I'm going to preach to you a message called Turn Up the Volume. Um, and at the end of my sermon, I'm going to get to that announcement. I know I sent a slide, um, but that's for the end of my sermon, if you could just hold on uh, to that. If you have your Bible this morning, I'm going to go to the book of Mark. Brother, you are you can play with me all day if you want, but I'm not going to make you do that unless you feel like you want to do it, but you ain't got to do it. Can we give it up for the worship team this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bible, I want you to go to the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 46 through 
through 52. I'm reading to you from the New Living Translation this morning. Usually I'm a New King James guy, but the NLT, man, I just felt like it had it right on this one. And um, I believe you're going to be blessed. And we're going to read this together. Then they reached Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Excuse me. And then be quiet. Many of the people yelled at him. Catch this. Catch this part right here. But he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and and said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. That's another message for another time. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man, said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and followed Jesus down the road. Come on, aren't you grateful that you were once blind, but now you see? Come on, can you wave at me if you're following Jesus down the road this morning? Come on, if you, if you have your faith in him. But the title of my message this morning is called Turn Up the Volume. Turn Up the Volume. I want to talk to you this morning about that subject. You see, Bartimaeus was blind. He was begging. And he was defined by his physical limitations and things he had to do because of him being blind. In better words, he was defined by, him, by his circumstance and his reaction to his circumstance. Sometimes our reaction to our circumstance is worse than the initial circumstance. Sometimes our reaction to our circumstance is worse than the initial circumstance. He was blind, therefore he begged. But here is an interesting point. His name was Bartimaeus. Why is that important, church? Here's why. Because it's the only miracle of that sort that the person's name is included in the biblical narrative. It is the only miracle of this sort that the person's name is included in the biblical narrative. The author Mark includes his name. Why is that? Scholars believe that this is the evidence that this man became a lifelong follower of Jesus. I've heard a pastor say before that this earned him a righteous reputation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to be known by a righteous reputation. Christian Center Church, the people who call this place home, Calvary Church, the people who go to our church, it's time to be known by a righteous reputation. I want to ask you a question this morning. What is your reputation? The definition of a reputation are the beliefs or the opinions held about someone or something. Let your reputation, church, echo the righteousness of Christ. Let your reputation echo that you love God, that you know God, and that you truly follow God. Let your reputation state you live holy and set apart. I'm going to say that again. Let your reputation state that you live holy and set apart. That you're filled with the Holy Ghost and that you're burning for the things of God 
on the earth today. Let you, let your personal self, me, you, and I, all of us together, let us have a righteous reputation as an individual in Christ. But now as the body, as, as Christian Center Church, let this house, let its reputation echo that it's a place where the name of Jesus is lifted high. That we don't quench the Holy Spirit. Let this reputation and this church be that we truly care for the widows and the orphans and those in need. Let we, That we invest into a young generation. That we love unconditionally. That we burn for revival. And we're obsessed with reaching the lost. As well as this house stands on biblical truth. Let this house have a righteous reputation. I talked to you this morning about a righteous reputation. Because we have a lot of people, we have a lot of churches, that when you look at the reputation, you don't see righteousness. I travel the world, man. Tomorrow I'm on a flight at 5 a.m. to get to New York. I preach at churches all over the world. And not every church I've went into... Come on, some churches I went into have been blessed as an evangelist to go, we reached the lost. But I've preached in some churches, man. I know I was doing this right here. <laughs> what, am I, what am I doing? You know, what's that? <laughs> Stirring the pot. And as soon as I was done preaching, me and the pastor make eyes. I was like, don't know if you ever bring me back. Because I was calling them to righteous reputation. Calling them to a life that's holy. Calling them to a life that's set apart. Calling them to be the real deal. We need a righteous reputation in the church. We need a righteous reputation in the church. Because you're doing more than just representing yourself. You're doing more than just representing even just your pastor. You're representing the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're representing Jesus Christ. You're representing the one we worship, the one we adore, the one we love. So we have to have a righteous reputation. Why? Because we're called to look like Him, be like Him, talk like Him. A righteous reputation. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. And church, may we not forget what the Bible says. We are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hid. Come on, somebody. I know y'all got a Bible college in this church. It's time for a righteous reputation. Back to the text. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus was near... He began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You see, he didn't whisper. He didn't nod. He didn't golf clap. (laughs) What did he do? He shouted. He shouted. That's a crazy thing. He had issues with his eyes, but he had no issues with his voice. He had issues with his eyes, but he had no issues with his voice. What does that mean to us? It's time to stop whining about what we don't have and start praising God for what we do have. Come on, somebody. The devil can show you every reason why you shouldn't pray, but you better find that one reason why you should pray and believe God that he's going to turn it around for your good and in your favor. Bartimaeus was blind, but he had no problem with his voice. Quit trying, church, to find every reason why we can't. And begin to find every every reason why we can. I will say that again. Quit trying to find every reason why you can't. And find every reason why you can. Oh, I feel it, man. I feel the anointing. You might say, Pastor, what do I have? Have you been there before? I need a water break. 
commercial break. <laughs> Have you ever been there before, though? Where well, you love God. We're not questioning the fact that you love God. And you love the church, and you're a good person. But you're just in a funk. You ever been in a funk? Don't look at the preacher this morning like, I ain't never been in a funk. Brother, I've been in a funk. We've all been in a funk. Where you just feel like, I just don't know what I have. I don't know what I can give. I don't really know anymore. I've kind of, you lose direction of what God's calling you to do. And you go through this weird wilderness type season. Have you been there before? Yeah. And you felt weary and you felt tired. And it's not that you didn't love God. And it's not that you didn't love the church. And it's not that you didn't believe. It's just you begin to get weary. I feel like the Lord sent me here too. Don't get weary in doing good, church. Stay the course. Love God. But it's real to talk about that. I've been there before. And I'm asking God, well, what do I have? And I heard the Holy Ghost a couple weeks ago. I was writing this. This has been burning in me for a month. And what we have, church, as I was in prayer and this came to me, and it's pretty simple and we all know it, but what do we have? We have a faith that moves mountains, a shout that brings down walls, a joy unexplainable, a peace that passes all understanding, a grace that's sufficient, an anointing that destroys the yoke, a gift that cannot be revoked, a destiny that cannot be stopped, the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the power of the Holy Ghost, and the anointing of His Spirit too. Matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, you just if you just have Jesus, that's all you need. Life could be going life could be going south. Everybody could be walking out on you. You could have lost your job. You don't know how you're going to make ends meet. And you just don't know what you're going to do. Friend, if you have Jesus, that is all you need. He will be a light unto your feet. Come on, He will direct you when no one's there to talk to you. He will love you when no one's there to love you. He will be there for you when everybody you thought would. What? Amen. Amen. If you have Jesus. And I was in a weird funk. I was. Weird funk. My wife's like, what's wrong with you? I've been preaching out for like five years. I do, I've done pretty good. I'm a good faith guy. I'm Always pretty good, but I just went through a funk. I said, God, I do. You ever, you ever had that spirit of Eeyore? You know what I'm talking about? I went through it. It lasted like just a couple days. And I was just like, man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just tired. And, I, you know, I travel and preach, and I go almost every other weekend, or every weekend it seems like going into 2024, I'm at a different church. Then I get back here, and I preach youth group on Wednesday nights, and I counsel and disciple our kids at our church. And then all of a sudden, I'm on the road again on the weekend, and I'm just like, I'm tired. I got weary. My wife was like, get it together. <laughs> this ain't the man of God I married. What? And she had to call me back to who I was. And I'm going to read it again because here I was in my prayer closet. And all of a sudden the Lord said, you have a faith that moves mountains, a shout that brings down walls, a joy unexplainable, a peace that passes all understanding, a grace that's sufficient, an anointing that destroys the yoke, a gift that cannot be revoked, a destiny that cannot be stopped, the strength of the Father, the grace of the Son, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I come to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, all we need is God and God alone. I came up 
again. Why? Because when you ask God for fresh fire, God will give you fresh fire. Some of you in this place, when there's an altar call for the baptism of the Holy uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we're praying for people to receive fresh fire, you stay in the back because it happened to you in 1991, and you don't think you need it anymore, friend. You need it, and when God is moving, let Him touch you. Amen. Doing good this morning? Catch this though. The Bible does not say Jesus was attracted to the blindness of Bartimaeus. Yes, there is other stories in the New Testament that Jesus was attracted to the need. But not this one. He was not attracted to the fact that this man was blind. What he was attracted to was not Bartimaeus the blind beggar, but he was attracted to Bartimaeus the worshiper. Let me say that one more time. He wasn't attracted to Bartimaeus the blind beggar. He was attracted to Bartimaeus the worshiper. You see, let me explain. The words that came out of Bartimaeus' mouth was not just any words. He wasn't just saying, Hey, Jesus! Hey! You! It's not what he was saying. Again, Jesus was not attracted to his blindness. Jesus is walking through. And he's not over here saying, Hey! You! Jesus is walking. He's not just saying, Jesus! He's not just calling him probably what everybody else calls him. He calls him by something very unique. He's coming through. Son of David! And Jesus stops in his tracks. Son of David! You have to understand, Son of David is the apex. Son of David is literally the most powerful thing he could have called him. It is the ultimate praise. The ultimate worship. It literally means you are God. You are the Messiah. You are who you said you were. That is you, the God-man, the Lamb. You, 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 and you. That is you, Son of David, the Holy One. He didn't just say, hey, Jesus. He said, God Almighty, the one who is good, the one who is true, the one who is pure, Son of David. And Jesus stops. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. Calling Jesus by that kind of power. Jesus gets called son of David. And you like to think, how do you know that? Jesus comes to him. And we know, and I'm going to get there, what happens. But there's a crowd involved. You ever been in a crowd? The wrong crowd? What a good crowd here. You ever been in the wrong crowd? My dad always say, you get in the wrong crowd, you do dumb stuff. Come on, we're in church. Testify. Come on. Did you do some dumb stuff with the wrong crowd? Yeah. Come on, some of you in here, you're just holding good. Good for you. I'll just, you know what? I could be done right. Y'all are great. But unlike the preacher, man, I did some dumb stuff. Got around the wrong crowd. And in this setting, this wrong crowd was not necessarily the you know, hang out with me and do the bad thing. But this crowd was the crowd that just wanted to keep him 
silent. You ever been around people that want to keep you silent? Listen, I've been the Holy Ghost on fire crazy one for about seven years now. At Bible college, I was great because I'm in a, a group of on fire people. When I came and I've been working in the church and traveling, I'm pretty good because I get around people that are on fire. But I have been around people that question why I am the way that I am. And they try to tell me. Bartimaeus is in that kind of crowd. Son of David. Jesus walking through. Bartimaeus probably looking around like. Son of David. Because it says he only got louder. So they shush him. And then he only got louder. Be quiet. Son of David! And Jesus stops and comes to him. And I think that ties up with what your pastor said. Holy desperation. Because Bartimaeus could have just quit. But son came up on the inside of him. Listen, I don't care who tries to tell me to be quiet. I don't care who tries to stop me. I don't care how many road the blocks in the road the devil puts in front of me. Jesus, son of David, he only got loud. And Jesus comes to him. And what's interesting about this too, if you read the text of the scripture, when it says be quiet, there's an exclamation point. So we know Jesus, we, or we know Bartimaeus was shouted, but then the people that went back to him shouted. Why is that important? Because in the culture we're in today, when we're loud for Jesus, the culture likes to get louder. When we're loud for Jesus, they'll get louder about their influence. They'll get louder about you know the, the everything that this world agrees with now. They'll get louder about the agenda. They'll get louder about homosexuality. They'll get louder about do whatever you want. There's probably not a God anyway. They're louder. They're louder. They're louder. We get loud for Jesus. The culture will get louder. Friend, have you ever been there before? I've preached the gospel in some places that they tried to drive me out. I got loud. They got loud. I got loud. They got loud. But there's one thing about me, friend. I'll always get louder. I will be like Bartimaeus. I will get louder. And what we need in the church today is a church that gets louder. A church that doesn't let the culture say be quiet. A church that doesn't let the culture keep you still and keep you not active. No, if he tells us to be quiet, get louder. Get louder. Why? Because there's a king coming through. There's a king coming through. Why? Because the son of David's walking through. And if I could get a hold of him, maybe you could see him too. This is what will blow you away. This is what I find fascinating. That when Jesus comes to Bartimaeus and says, what do you need? I want to see. Jesus heals him. He says, your faith has made you whole. Boom, 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 boom. He gets up. Can you imagine the crowd? Healed. He's seen. He was a blind beggar. Now he can see. Now he's following this man down the road. If that man did that for Bartimaeus, why am I not following him too? 
Friend, I've come to tell you, if you get louder for Jesus, the people that are trying to tell you, the people that are trying to tell you to be quiet might be the very people that when God breaks you through, will want him to break them through too. Come on, somebody. You got to stand in faith. Title of my message is turn up the volume. When the enemy tries to make you quiet, get louder. When culture tries to make you get quiet, get louder. When your own flesh tries to make you get quiet, get louder. Get louder. We need a church that will raise the volume. We need a church that is loud. We need a church that is passionate. We need a church that is on fire for God. And it starts with your own life. If you're not loud for God, God's given you a day today to turn it around and say, I'm going to turn up my volume. I'm going to turn up my volume. I'm going to be more passionate than I've ever been. I'm going to be more on fire than I've ever been. I'm going to worship more, love more, pray more, give more, serve more. Why? Because I want to be on fire. I want to be an example. I want to turn up the volume. Love this. And it got Jesus' attention. Friend. I'm getting louder. Friend. Bartimaeus had every reason not to shout. Naturally speaking, he's blind. He's depressed, probably. He's broken. He probably, his flesh probably didn't want to shout. But his spirit knew God was coming. A lot of times, you're in that place. And quite frankly, you have a lot of reasons why you can't be in that place. Maybe you are sick. Maybe you have lost someone. Maybe you are going through a rough patch. You have your reasons to be down. But what did Bartimaeus do? Yes, he got louder, but he chose to praise over his problem. Because what is Son of David? It's the apex praise. It's the literally, it is the, the, the highest thing he could have called him. It was the ultimate praise. And Bartimaeus had every reason not to praise. But he praised over his problem. And that got God's attention. I've come to tell you this morning, you might be in a literal hell in the holidays. And nobody knows. But if you praise God over your problem, If you trust God over your circumstance, if you're sick, declare he's a Hitler. If you trust God, if if you don't know how you're going to make it, trust that he's a provider. Praise God over your problem. And I promise you this, there'll be good results. Why? Because just like Pastor said about the whole depression thing, I truly believe it. Or the whole, not depression, desperate thing. I truly believe it. The desperate are not denied. You read out through scripture, the desperate are not denied. The desperate are not denied. Find that holy desperation. Find that holy cry this morning. 
that says, Son of David. Son of David. Don't pass me by. And when everybody tries to tell you, don't say that. Just say it louder. And when family tries to say, you ain't going to be that religious. Only get louder. And when your friends say, I don't really know if we can keep doing this. I don't know if we can keep hanging out with you. You're just too holy. You don't like to do the stuff we do. Get louder. Get louder. Get louder. Get louder. Because I'm going to give you a testimony, friend. One of my friends got saved. He's one of our pastors. He got saved. And when he got saved, he got radically saved. Come on, wave at me if you've been radically saved. I'm talking about you were saved, set free on the dot. As soon as he accepted Jesus, things begin to change. He went and cleaned house. He went to school the next day, sat around the same people that he always sits with. They're cussing up a storm. They're gossiping up a storm. He tells them all to shh. And says, I just got saved yesterday. They looked at him like he was a crazy man. And he said, I would like it if you guys wouldn't cuss around me. If you guys wouldn't drink around me. If you guys wouldn't gossip around me. Because I got born again. And they looked at him kind of weird. Okay. And he said they quit cussing that day. And as, as far as, as long as he kept going to school and he finished school, graduated, the rest of his school career, they, they didn't cuss around him. They didn't gossip around him. They didn't drink around him. They, they respected who he said he was and what happened to him. And years later, 20 years down the road, he goes into a store and one of the lead friends of his group, one of the main guys of the friend group, was working at the store. And they caught up in that moment. How have you been? What about you? How, how's the kids? How's your family? And he asked him, he said, you know what? Why didn't you guys keep cussing around me? Why didn't you guys just kind of write me off like I've seen you guys do so many other people? When they tell you to quit doing that stuff, you just look at them like, who are you? And then you keep doing it. But you guys didn't do that with me. Why is that? He said, because we could tell it there was something real about yours. We could tell there was a righteous reputation. <laughs> Friend, you should have a righteous reputation that even the lost, the sinners, the people, the, the people who are living worldly, acting a fool, when they get around you, they can tell. What is on this person's life? It's a righteous reputation. It's the power of the gospel. It's Jesus alive working in you. Friends, and it says, Bartimaeus went down the road following Jesus. I truly believe this morning that the majority of you in this room are following Jesus. You love Jesus. You've given your life to Him. You're following, down, you're following Him down the road. But if, there are, if, if, if there's a few of you in this room that that's not your story yet, today's your day. Amen. For the Son of David is coming through the room. And I'll get loud so that you could see Him. I'll keep preaching so your heart can open up. 
Why? Because God doesn't want one to perish. And if you're in this place and you don't have a relationship with God, God is still giving you minutes on the clock of your life. Not just till we go to lunch. Your life clock's still ticking. And there is still a grand opportunity for you to follow him down the road. If you're in this place and that's not your story, God's going to stop me right here because we're going to do something different at the end. But God's going to stop me right here. To lead you to Him. And if everybody would, right in the middle of the sermon, just bow your head and close your eyes. If you're in this place, we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you do anything that would make you feel uncomfortable. We're just going to ask you to put faith in Jesus. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Corey... And this is how I love to set this up. Because it's so true. There was an evangelist in my life that did this. And I have done it the rest of my ministry. If you were to die today. No, it's old school talk sometimes. I know some preachers don't really preach like that. Fire and brimstone type. But hell's real. And if you were to die today, right here, your clock timed out. Everything stopped. Where would you go? Say, well, Pastor, I've come to church. I've listened to my, the preacher. I've been a good person. But did you follow him down the road? Do you know Jesus, the God-man, personally? Do you have that relationship? My pastor would always tell me, I don't care if you have a good relationship with me. Do you have a relationship with him? Because, son, I can't get you in. The Bible says the only way to the Father is through the Son. Do you know the Son? If you're in this place, no one looking around out of respect for the room. And you say, you know what? I need to put faith in Jesus. I need to give Him my life. I want to follow Him down the road. I want you to slip your hand up real quick. I want to pray for you. Come on, I see your hands. Hallelujah. Yes. I want you to repeat after me. We can join in with them if you'd like. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you, Son of David, for not passing me by. I repent of my sin, I pick up my cross. I put faith in you. You are God. The one who died. The one who got up out of the grave. Ascended to heaven. And is coming again. Jesus. Be the king of my heart. 
and the Lord of my life. Say amen. Come on, somebody. There's about 10 or 12 of you just gave your life to Jesus. Come on, somebody. The angel said they'll shout over one. Come on, you had about 12 go up. I give, I give Jesus a shout. Come on, and if you're in this place and you just gave your life to Jesus, I encourage you to get connected to your pastors. What's your next step as a believer? Get plugged in. Find your resources. Follow Jesus down the road. Amen? But now I want to talk to you another thing. We're going to kind of bring this thing to an end. And I want to pray for you this morning. I feel like some of you, you've lost your voice. Not in the natural. Like Miss Leah said, she was doing announcements. But I'm talking about in the spirit. You might be in that place that I was not long ago. And you're And it's not because you don't love God. It's not because you don't love this church. It's not because you don't love the people on the left and the right and the front and the back. You do. You're just tired. Bartimaeus was probably tired. I about bet everything I have he was tired. But he found that voice in him. Despite all of his issues and all of his pain and all of his problems, he found that voice that said, you can change it. Who was he talking to? Jesus. I feel like some of you in here by the Holy Ghost, you've been trying to fight some things on your own. Sit down. He'll carry the load. I'm talking to the believers in here right now. You've grown tired. And you need God to touch you afresh. You need a fresh fire to touch you. And it's not because you're doing anything wrong. You're doing great. We know you're saved. We know you love God. No one's questioning that. You just need some fresh oil. You just need this day, Lord. This day, give me my bread. Not tomorrow. Give it for me today. I'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow gets here. God, I need my bread for today. You need a fresh touch of God this morning. I feel this too, to remind you who He says you are. Some of you have shelved dreams, visions. You've put it on the shelf of what God's called you to do. Because you're tired and you just don't think, you don't understand. God, I don't know how you're going to make this happen. So I'll just shelf it for now. And God says, why did you put it on the shelf? Some of you just need that fresh fire to touch you today. Some of you need to find your voice again so that you can turn it up. Because I believe we got God's attention. I believe he's here. And I believe he's going to touch you. I'll never forget I was preaching this. And I got on this little kick like I am right now about you feel tired. And God wants to refresh you this morning. And I'll never forget, it was the church staff. (laughs) I'd take some guts in front of their whole church. I said, I don't know who this is for. But God says he wants to give you fresh fire. 
Because you, you're, you're growing tired. I remember the youth pastor stands up in front of the congregation, runs down. The associate pastor runs down. The kids pastor comes down and lets her leaders take over up there. And she comes down. The lead pastor comes. They're all here. The secretary, the staff, literally. We need fresh fire. And God gave it to them that morning. And their church is exploding. It's okay to long for a fresh fire. A fresh touch of God. You're never above a touch of God. And if you think you are, let God humble you this morning. You're never above a fresh touch. You're never above a fresh surrender. A fresh recommitment. You're never above it, friends. There was a period in my life I would wake up every morning. And I've been living for God. I love God. Don't question that. I'm good. But every morning I'd wake up and say, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Make me more like you. I want to burn for righteousness and truth. When people see me, I want them to see you. Make me like you. I did this every day. I'm not above a fresh surrender. Not above a fresh yes. I feel like this morning God's looking for a fresh yes. A fresh yes from you. A fresh yes to not follow Him down the road, but to keep on. You've already, you started your journey years ago, but it's a fresh yes to keep on going. It's a fresh yes, like my grandfather used to say, to keep on keeping on. It's just a fresh yes. Find your voice this morning. Find it. That when this happens again and the enemy tries to take you out and tries to keep you down, it tries to talk you out of everything God's called you to do, you won't be quiet. You'll just get louder when the world tries to put you in a place and keep you down and talk you out of everything God's called you to do. You'll get louder. You'll keep saying, no, God's called me. No, God's anointed me. No, God is sending me. No, God is good. No, God is a healer. God is a provider. He didn't fail me back then. He won't fail me now. God's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. God, you're good. God, you're good. I can remember, friends, one time at a funeral when one of the main people of our family died. Come on, I come from a rich family of ministers. And one of the main uh, people in our family passed away. And we were all heartbroken because of who he was broken and at funerals you know that's the place where you go in those settings it is it's sad it's sorrowful it's it's mourning and that's good because you need to mourn mourn's not a bad thing love you loved that person and we were broken but I remember my family I remember them as we were crying because our heart was torn in pieces All of a sudden, we just start saying, God, you're still good. God, you're still good. We don't understand everything, but God, you're good. God, you're mighty. God, you're strong. God, we're broken right now, but you're the mender of the brokenhearted. God, we love you. God, we're confused, but God, give us a sound mind. And we said a fresh yes to the Lord at a funeral. This morning, God wants you to give him a fresh yes. This morning, God wants you to find your voice. What do I mean by finding your voice? 
If you're in here today and you need a touch, just like Bartimaeus, maybe you're not blind. And if you are blind, come on, we'll pray for you. One of my evangelist friends just had a meeting a couple weeks ago, and there was a boy that was brought to his meeting. Facebook took down this post. Instagram took it down. You can't find it. YouTube won't let it go up. Come on, culture gets loud. We got to get louder. There's a boy that was brought to his meeting that had no eyeballs. None. Just empty eye sockets. And the mom was tired of saying her hearing, you know, she believes in God, that her son could never see. There's nothing we can do. We can't create an eyeball. He's, he's blind. Her only choice was to put faith in God. There is nothing medical science can do for that. They can't create an eyeball. And she had faith in God. And she brought him. She heard about this healing evangelist that was coming through. And it's nothing that he could do. It's what God did through him and anointed him for. And they brought this baby up to him. This true story, man. And he's praying, what's wrong with the baby? Has no eyeballs. And I believe God's a creative, miracle-working God. And that God can form eyeballs in my baby's eyes. And in that moment, you can only imagine the evangelist is like, Oh, God, help me. Because this mama had more faith than anybody in the room. She was leaving here with her baby's vision and eyes. She wasn't leaving without it. She tried everything else. Now she said, I'm going to try God. She brought it and the evangelist put his hands on the baby. He said, in the name of Jesus, we declare. And we believe that you can do this. Form his eyes. Create his eyes. Let this child see. Lifted his hand up off the child. He had white marbles. That's what it looked like. White marbles starting to come up out of his eye sockets. The whole place starts to freak out, jump up, run around. He still can't see. It's just forming. But by the end of the meeting, his eye was completely, uh, I feel the Holy Ghost, completely back for the first, not back. He never had an eye in the first place. He had an eye. God gave him two eyes, completely formed. He was freaking out. He's probably about two and a half years old. Mama, I see. Mama, I see. Mama, I see. He's touching it. He don't know what's in there. He's never had it. He feels these things. And Mama, 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 I see. And everyone's losing their mind. They go to the doctor. The doctor's just like, what in the world? They can't, they can't give anything credit for this. But God, now he's two and a half years old, almost three, can see. But your mainstream media will never let you see that story. They'll never let that story get out. Why? Because they don't want you to know. The world don't want you to know. Society don't want you to know that God is greater and that the Son of David is passing through the room. And if you get loud, they'll try to silence you. But that mama got louder. That mama got louder. That mama got louder, friends. Jesus did what Jesus does. Jesus does what Jesus does. Friends, what do I mean by finding your voice again? Well, it's simple. If you're in here and you need God to touch you, to heal you, like he did Bartimaeus, don't let your problem keep you quiet. 
Don't let just your problem, but don't let the people on the left, the right, the front or behind, or at home watching online, or at home not even watching online, keep you quiet. Don't let your flesh keep you quiet. Don't let the enemy keep you quiet. You need a fresh touch from God. I double dog dare you to believe him when I open this altars and call on the son of David to touch you. I double dog dare you. I heard a preacher say one time, well, I didn't feel anything from that service because you didn't, you left. That's what the preacher said. He looked at the man and said, you left. Well, I just didn't think it was for me. Don't tell me you didn't feel anything. You didn't respond. Came back that next week with his wife. I still don't feel anything through the preaching and the worship. But that preacher, he told me if I just come to the altar, I might feel something. He came to the altar. Boy, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. His life got changed. Why? Because he opened his heart. What does Hebrews 3.15 says? When you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. If you harden your heart, you'll rebel. But if you don't harden your heart, you'll hear him. That's the good news. I'm about to wrap this thing. We're going to pray for you. And if you need prayer, I want to believe God for you. I'm going to lay hands on you like my friend laid hands on that little boy. There's nothing we can do at all. But it's what he can do through us. And it's what he can do through you. You know what the key ingredients are? Faith. Yours and mine. Let's combine them. See what happens. Where two or three are gathered. (laughs) There he is. Let's believe God to turn things around. So, Pastor Crow, what if it don't happen for me today? Believe God tomorrow. Believe God on Tuesday and Wednesday. I know a lady that believed God. She went to every service you could imagine believing for a miracle. And had to wait 30 years till it happened. Guess what? She kept believing. I want faith like her. She didn't stop after the first time. She kept saying, God, you're good. God, I still love you. God, I still give to you. God, I still bless your name. God, I still know you're great and mighty and worthy. God, you're good. This morning, we're going to pray for you, and I believe you're going to be touched. I believe God's going to touch you, man. Deeply. Deep. Come on, can we just lift our hands, even from our seats for a moment? I believe God's just setting the atmosphere for us. Come on, it's that Christmas season, that Christmas spirit. The the season where we receive and the season where we give. Come on, right now I believe God is giving to us. and You just got to receive it. Right here, God's giving things to you. You just have to receive it. What do you need, friend? Are you tired? (laughs) Are you broken? Come on, do you need a miracle in your body? What are you facing? Is your marriage falling apart? Come on. Come on, does this season remind you of someone you've lost and it's just hard to get through? Come on, I feel this. I feel this. He's with him. 
she's with him. You ain't, they're okay. You can release and love. You can, you, you, Mama, you don't have to keep hurting. You can let God go deep this morning. Whatever you need God for this morning, just tell Him from your seat right here. God, I just need you to touch me. Go deep, God. Touch me deep. Touch me deep, God. I give you permission to go deeper than the surface level. Go deep, Lord. Go to that pain that I just put under the rug every single year. God, go deep. Son of David, we need you this morning. We praise you over our problem. You are God and God alone. There is no one like you. You have no rival. You are God and God alone. You're the righteous one. You're the fair one. You are God and God alone. You're our wonderful counselor. You're our mighty God. You're our everlasting Father and you're our Prince of Peace. Let peace touch you this morning, church. Let peace touch you. Hallelujah. Let it touch you. Come on, see some of you right from your chair. God's ministering to you, man. It's all right. Let those tears flow, man. You ain't got nothing to hide. Let God touch you this morning. Let him touch you with the power of his spirit. Touch him, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Come on, we're not, we don't have to rush this. Come on, you didn't come to church just to get a drink of coffee this morning and feel good. You came to church to encounter God. (laughs) You didn't come this morning to leave the way you came, man. You came this morning to leave different, to leave empowered. (laughs) Let them touch you right here. Let them touch you right here. Let Him minister to you. get louder friends don't let the enemy keep you silent find your voice again to stand on the truth of God's word and to believe God find your voice again to bless God and and love God find it this moment like I opened service you would love that the flesh would love and the enemy would love for you to find every reason why you can't. But right here, find every reason why you can. And the reason why you can, here's the greatest reason. It's because he's still good. <laughs> and he's still the same.
Hallelujah. Let him touch you, friend. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we... Come on, I feel this by the Holy Spirit. Can you just let go of some things right now? Find that. What you've been holding on to. Father, we let go of this. Whatever that is for you. We let go of this hurt. We let go of this pain. We let go of this this unforgiveness. It's causing you more damage than it's causing that person, I promise you. Release it this morning to the Lord. My God. Release it. Bless your holy name. Come on, can you stand to your feet? If the Lord's dealing with you, no pressure. You can stay right where you're at. Trust me, the skinny boy in the green pants, I'm done almost. He said, you said that 30 minutes ago. Listen, I'm almost there. I'm going to open these altars here in a minute. Before I do that, I, I had an announcement that um, I want to share with you guys. And then I'm going to open this altar and I'm going to pray for you if you need prayer. I'm sure if there's a prayer team here. They can help me. Or we're going to pray for you and believe God for you. How many of you know he's good, friends? I mean, how many of you know that he's good? He's so near to us. That's the beautiful thing. He's right here. He's not a far off God. He's right here. As real as you and me. You see me? Do all of you see me? He's as real as this. And he's in here. Ask your heart to open up to him. But I want to share something with you guys that uh, I have deep relationship with this house through Pastor Jason and um, Pastor Leah. And I and also uh, I know a lot of you too as well, and have built relationships. With you guys, um, and I'm so grateful for that. So thankful for that. Um, I'm about 20 minutes down the road at another church called Calvary. A lot of you have come and helped us with many events and did things with us. Definitely the youth group with youth camp and um, etc. And I am so grateful to know this house and to know your pastors. And it's always a privilege. I, I always reach out to him and say, man, I would love to finish my year. Every year, it seems like December is the year. I love to cap off my year here. And what do you mean by cap off my year? Um, outside of being a youth pastor, I travel a lot and I preach the gospel. Um, this past year, I had the privilege of going to um, 
London, England. We did a huge youth conference in London, England, about 5,000. And God has continued to just open doors for me to travel, and I'm blessed that I have a pastor that understands that call in my life as well and endorses that and helps me. Um, but this year we're believing God for things, friend, that we've never believed God for. Um, this year alone, God has already, and we're not even in, and I don't say this to boast or anything. I say it humbly because I need the church's help. I can't go everywhere I'm, I'm supposed to go. That God's, I can't. He can snap his finger, but God uses people. I never forget, someone was asking, was uh, believing God for a financial miracle. And someone said, well, God can just snap his finger and happen. She said, yeah, he can. And he will. Week passes by, came back. Did you get the, get the miracle? Yeah, I got the miracle. How did he do it? He sent somebody to my house. He'll lay it on someone's heart. God works through people. You find this in the New Testament, in Paul's epistles. Paul is he, he's writing to his partners. Thank you for your support, your prayer, your giving. It's making this possible. And this this year, God, even before we get, we're still three weeks from January, and already we're close to thirty bookings on the year for 2024. Um, for me to travel on top of leading our youth group and leading our church over in Inverness. And uh, i got a great team around me, and I believe this is the season that God is opening a double door. And God is sending us to reach the lost. And where we are highlighted is, is yes, the loss in, you know, in the masses and, and in everyone, but where God has highlighted my ministry, at least this season of my ministry, is to reach the next generation. And um, we have youth conferences all over the East Coast in 2024. And churches will be preaching in. Because how many of you know that this, that this world is out to get your children? And if you don't believe that, I'm not trying to put fear in your heart at all. I, we don't live in fear. We cast fear out in Jesus' name. But the agenda is coming after your kids. Now more than ever before, there's a battle over your kids trying to take Jesus and a lot of them has succeeded in this but come on we're going to keep taking a stand taking Jesus out of schools prayer out of schools trying to tell them at three four years old that you you're a boy okay you can be a woman tomorrow if you want to this is what's happening and the only way that fixes that is and I'm all for therapy we have uh, one of uh, Miss Cynthia I don't know if any of you guys know her but she's over impact counseling in Citrus County it's her business and she's one of my biggest supporters. I am all for therapy. But what this generation needs is not just good therapy sessions. This generation needs an encounter with God. An encounter with the fire and presence of God. I got a friend that used to be bound by alcohol. He said, you know, the, a- the A&A meetings or whatever they're called, he goes, that was good, but that didn't set me free. What set me free was the encounter with the Holy Ghost. And I was never the same. Went back to my A&A meeting, preached to them, got them filled, and A&A meeting ceased. Why? Because all the drunks got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what this generation needs. And I believe God is opening a door for us to go. We're believing God, and you, you say a number like this. It's like, oh. We're believing God for $200,000 a year, not just at one time. Come on, if God does that, huh? 
But we're believing for $200,000 a year to come in um, through partner support so that we can take this gospel around the United States and countries abroad. But God's highlighted the United States to us. You know, sometimes not against, you know, missions. We have one plan for next year, going to go to Africa, all that stuff. It's amazing, but it's happening on your own soil. Your high school down the road is lost. High schools in in America uh, abroad, they're lost. Middle schools are lost. Who's going to be the one? Send me, Lord. And to make that possible, we need about $200,000 a year to come in and partner money. Because hotels, travel, conference centers, events aren't cheap. People, they're not cheap, but they're worth it. They're worth it. Why? Because the kids that are going to come to meet Jesus. You say, how do you, why are you setting this up? Because I have a graphic. They'll throw that up for us. My homie back there. And on March 16th at Calvary, uh, wave at me if you guys know where Calvary Church is at. Anybody know where Calvary Church in Inverness? There's two of us. We're not Calvary Chapel. That happens all the time. We're at Calvary. Oh, no, you're not. Uh, but we are uh, off of Croft, TJ Maxx Plaza. You turn right there, down the road. Um, but we're having a partner's banquet on March 16th. And we're believing for 150 people to come to the partner's banquet. Because if we just get 150 partners that night, our goal's almost met. It could be met. Come on, somebody. In Jesus' name, by faith. And that is March 16th at Calvary. You can register for that at coreyball.online slash banquet. Or you can just go to coreyball.online. Um, and it's all on my website. And CBM represents Coreyball Ministries. And um, we're believing for it. And I know I'll stay in touch with your pastor. Um, and I know you guys, you guys, I'm looking around this room, I have deep relationships with a lot of you guys. And I've never done this before, but we need your help. i got some other churches we're going to. We need your help. Because we got to reach these kids. And God has given me ideas and visions. And we got to reach these kids. And we need your support. We need your help. Your monthly help. Your backing. So all this can come. So if you could, if you have a smart device, put it in your notes. Come on. Or if you're still old school, write it down. Put it on your refrigerator. I don't care what you do. But March 16th at 6 p.m. at Calvary Church. Please register so that way we can have enough food for everybody. We're going we're gonna to eat nice, man. We're gonna, I'm, if you know what, I do, I, we do nice. So you're going to come. You're going to eat a good meal. We're going to bless you. And we're going to share the vision. We're going to show you the high schools. We're going to share the middle schools. We're going to show you the territories that God is sending us to. We're going to tell you where we've already been and where we're believing to go. We're going to lay the vision out for you. And then we're going to ask you to support the vision. Get behind the vision. And run with us to reach the next generation. How many of you want to see your kids saved? Come on. And your kids filled with the Holy Spirit and their lives changed forever. So again, I ask you on March 16th, register for that today. Go home as soon as it's on your mind, while it's fresh on your mind. Coryball.online slash banquet. Come be with us that night and help us reach this next generation for the gospel. Amen? All right. Well, now I want to pray for you. If you're in this place and um, you just need prayer, we want to agree with you. Lay hands on you and trust God with you. So these altars are open. And um, I believe God's going to break you through this morning. 
So if you need God to break you through, I encourage you, don't, don't leave this place and then get mad tomorrow that you didn't get your breakthrough. I'm going to be right here and I would love to pray with you. I don't know if they have a prayer team. If you guys do, I know Skylar and Adrian, they, they go with me. They can help me pray. Um, but I would love for you guys to come and, and let me believe with you this morning. Um, Pastor, if you kind of want to wrap this up or you want me to, I'll be down here in the altars. You guys can leave you guys this day, but I want to pray for you. Praise the Lord. This brother has a true evangelist anointing on him, and we're proud to be a part of what Corey is doing. Amen. Look, I won't keep any longer. Listen, I want you to be I want you to be reverent that there are folks up here being prayed for, okay? Doesn't mean you can't quietly converse and say hello, but let's just be reverent of what God's doing. But lift your hands this morning as I dismiss you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being in your house, but most of all in your holy presence today. Father, I pray that the peace and the goodness of God would follow the people of God. That, Lord, you would bless them as they come in and bless them as they go out. That you would turn your face towards them, shine upon them, and give them peace and give them rest. Father, bless Christian Center until you bring us back together at the appointed time. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory today in Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. Go in the name of the Lord and be blessed. Remember, we're having ministry time up here. So be reverent of that. Be reverent of that. Be respectful of that, please. Thank you.